1: fantasy freaks and geeks what's up you're listening to the nfl fantasy live podcast i'm your host james Cope, joined alongside by my merry band of brothers here the bearded wonder of fantasy we're talking about matt franchise what's up hey james uh alex gailhardt the whiz kid from wisconsin what's going on (laughs) what's
2: up (laughs) <laughs> what
1: what are you laughing
3: about
4: over there, Matt
1: Harmon?
2: <laughs>
3: that, that, <laughs> that
1: what's up? Like that really enthusiastic? I don't know. I'm excited. Let's yeah, go. He's fired. Franchise is fired <laughs> up. The wide receiver prognosticator, Matt Harmon. What's going on?
3: Oh, not much. Um, nothing really going on. Okay, here. all right. I got nothing to say. Uh, I feel I, I feel. I've as eaten as about were, like three granola bars today. You
1: were about to get out some feelings and then you thought better of it, which is good. I don't have any feelings. Uh, which is good. And then, of course, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's oh, going on? Hola, senior. All right, let's get into it, man. We got a, a big show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about the AFC, or excuse me, the NFC West. We're going to break down the Cardinals, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. We'll give you a fan league update. I almost forgot. Um, Matt Harmon has, I mean, the blowtorch <laughs> of hot takes I, when it comes to Todd Gurley. I, That's going to be coming I, up later. I in really the show. don't, but okay. Oh, no, you do. You I do. have a very sensible measured take. You absolutely <laughs> will trash Todd Gurley here in just a moment. Oh, uh, oh, wow. <clears throat> and uh so stick around for that. But <laughs> we shall start with our top news.
5: The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles though. woo.
0: Like we continue to follow breaking news.
5: I'm a kid. So y'all need
1: to have your kids, have your wife. All right. Uh, first headline out of Philadelphia, Jordan Matthews is going to be out a few weeks with a knee sprain. Doug Peterson says he is hoping Jordan Matthews will be back for their third preseason game August 27th, I do believe, um, but also indicated that he could possibly miss that game as well, but uh, feels confident that he would be back for week one. All right. Now, here's the thing. We, we've talked about Jordan Matthews. We, we don't know where he exactly fits uh, in this Doug Peterson offense because, quite frankly, he's a slot player. Uh, does this mean – does this add more concern? Obviously, it adds more concern. But how about Nelson Aguilar now? Where does he fit into, into this picture?
5: Um, I mean, I liked him before this. Okay. I, I thought he had some sleeper potential even before this. Now, uh, I think he – Definitely, you know, pops up on the radar a little bit stronger here. And I, Look, I, I think you know, Matthews will be back. Um, you know, he'll be back, I think, in time for the regular season unless something goes really horribly wrong. But I, I go back to something, you know, Harmon wrote maybe a year ago about the difficulties of running an offense through a slot receiver and how those guys generally can be good but not great fantasy wideouts for you. is a guy who I think can win on the outside, and as long as he does that, I think he's got some really good potential.
1: All right. Anybody else?
3: Yeah, I think that what Marcus was saying, like, yeah, that's the that's the really thing. That's something that the Eagles have to hope for here is that Aguilar can step up on the outside and take some of that pressure off Matthews from the interior. Um, as much as I like Aguilar and I just recently wrote about him, it would also be nice if he started building some, you know, positive momentum in camp. Uh, there's really been no. Positive uh, drum beat, which I always like to talk about in the offseason for him, especially since Is that.
1: there anybody in Philadelphia that works on the outside that is building some kind of, uh, you know, positive news flow? Chris Givens? Oh, boy. <laughs> <We are. laughs> anybody have Reuben Randall takes? We are. No. We're, we're hurting here. Uh, let's go to Chicago. Alshon Jeffrey returns to practice. Uh, he had a hamstring. Uh, injury we think i guess they're not too great about injury reports out of chicago so we can assume he had a hamstring um how concerned are we Uh, because again alshon jeffrey was a guy last year again when he played just unbelievable but was battling injuries all throughout last year how concerned are you that some of these injuries will remain a problem going into 2016
2: I'm mildly concerned uh, that this has popped up already. I mean, he could bounce back to full strength and, you know, be fine with the preseason. I'm not going to be worried, but his status is definitely something I'm going to be monitoring, you know, with as much information as you alluded to that we can get out of John Fox in the coming weeks. But I'm not going to, like, drop him down my board a ton, but if it's between him or somebody else that I have very close in my rankings, I might be leaning to that other person for the interim.
1: Alshon, Jeffrey, Keenan Allen.
2: Oh, Keenan Allen. Even Keenan Allen all day. day. Oh, wow.
6: Okay. I mean, Jeffrey's ADP has fallen all the way to the end of the second round at this point. Um, Who else is in that group? Anybody know? Is Mike Evans in that group? Uh, Mike Evans uh, or Alshon Jeffrey? Evans is going just before Jeffrey, Cooper after Jeffrey, and then Brandon Cooks at the start time. All right, prognosticator,
1: program. I'll ask you. Mike Evans or Alshon Jeffrey?
3: Uh I actually have them like 10th and 11th, yeah. so they're dead close to me in the okay. same tier. But I would,
6: I would take Jeffrey before I would take ah.
3: – I guess I would. Think. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Am I mistaken? No, it's Am I
6: mistaken in saying Jeffrey's playing for a new contract? Too. You, you are, are not mistaken. He is.
3: he is on the franchise tag. Yeah. Franchise.
6: I, I, wouldn't take an injury this early in camp too heavily. Like everyone has hamstrings right now, and also I he practiced he's, he's, today, right?
1: Actually, I think the problem is that nobody has a hamstring. That's the right. nobody not has, has at least hamstring. not a good right. one, right. <laughs> right. right? Exactly. I, I, I think one it's going to be
6: one. a big season for Jeffrey.
1: Yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I'm anxious to see what he can do. Um because again man that talent level is just too, not to be denied I, I love watching him play yeah um so yeah so it'll be it'll be a fun season if he's healthy uh we'll see I, I i actually like the fact of course i like the fact that he's in a contract year so we'll see yep uh how about willie sneed there've been so many positive reports regarding michael thomas that a lot of folks maybe thought okay it's going to be you know michael thomas playing opposite uh, of brandon cooks but it appears that willie sneed is having himself a nice camp. Uh, this is from Nick Underhill from The Advocate there in New Orleans. Sneed has looked even better than last season. I'm quoting Nick Underhill uh, here. It's clear he's right in the middle of Breeze's circle of trust. When things were going poorly Saturday with Brandon Cook sidelined, Sneed was the receiver Breeze locked in on to carry the offense. So Nick Underhill is a believer that Willie Sneed is going to have a huge role in this offense. Mike Thomas, maybe not. I don't know. What's your take? Underhill
3: also said today that there may have been some overeager proclamations about Michael Thomas's production this season, True. which, you know, that kind of tends to happen when there is. Every positive report coming out of camp, people do get overeager. I I like Sneed better than Thomas this year. I'm a huge fan of Sneed. He's, he's a reception perception guy uh, who shows out very well pretty much across like the short to intermediate routes. And I think there's a chance that he can push 120 targets. Like You mentioned there's just no buzz about how well Sneed has been doing in camp, even though those reports are out there. That's kind of the way of Willie Sneed's career. I mean, last True. year he almost – Cracked a thousand yards in fifteen games in his really in his first year playing in the NFL, right. and nobody seems to want to talk about that. No, nobody
2: cared. It was sad for Sneed.
3: Ah, right. <laughs> yeah, and he, <laughs> and I, and he had sixty-nine care. catches too. I mean, we come on. We did care. We nice. did care.
2: Harmon and I talked about Sneed a lot at the apartment. Yes, we did. We did. behind the curtain there.
1: Uh, a great, uh, a great tactician, Willie Sneed. But in terms of that big physical body, I think that's why people get excited about Michael Thomas. No.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Which is kind of
3: unfair. Even though Thomas is more of a guy that plays, despite the big body, he plays like a, a Willie Snead type. You know, he's a really good route runner. He's not necessarily a big uh, vertical threater in the contested catch game. So, yeah, he's. it's interesting to, to, to kind of mess with the Saints like splits, like how are they going to produce week to week. But I still really like Snead where you get him in drafts.
1: Um, where they're at right now, and, again, you mentioned Michael Thomas, you know, uh, being a, a fairly good route runner as well. Uh, he's got the big body. Uh, the hands, uh, again, I don't know. Uh, I'm not 100% impressed uh, with what I saw on, on him in games at Ohio State, but um, the opportunities will certainly be there. Does having the whole Michael Thomas, Willie Sneed thing, does that kind of kill the, the the fantasy potential for both guys if they're both going to be involved in the passing game?
5: Uh, I mean, look. I mean, for me, it just goes back to my typical fear of Saints receivers. Is that you just never know. So, like, you get all these guys involved, and that means on any given week, any one of them could play well for you. But on any given week, you just don't know which one it's going to be. So, I I don't think that changes anything at least for me and how I approach them. I like Brandon Cooks. Beyond that, you know, I guess Sneed maybe. But beyond that, I I, I don't know. I guess I just have too much fear to to really go after one.
1: All right, let's go to Philadelphia. Tight ends should play a big role. That, according to Zach Berman for philly.com, quote, tight end is a strength of this roster, this offensive unit, offensive coordinator Frank Reich said. If you look at Doug Peterson's system and what they did in Kansas City with their tight ends and how we'll utilize them here, it'll be very consistent with that, and we've got the players to do it. Zach Berman went on to write, Ertz will be the biggest contributor of the group. He caught 75 passes last year for 854 yards and two touchdowns. Where do we put Zach Ertz's fantasy value in relation to what these news reports are saying? I mean, I think
2: he's he's and he could probably be circled more in that late rounds tight end conversation. Uh, he's going off the board as around the tight end 12 these days. And I think he might be somebody uh, I'm going to start targeting a little more in that area along with, like, the Dwayne Allens and Zach Millers of the world if I miss out on those guys. I like both of them better than Ertz, but if I have to get a consolation prize, you know, aside from my boy Cameron Brait, <laughs> might be uh, might be looking to <laughs> I, Zach Ertz.
1: I, let me ask you this. Cameron Brait or Zach Ertz?
2: I'd still probably go Brait. Got to got to ride that train me now. Wow, Me too. I, just, I'm, I, I hopped you on board guys that train. all and, about just, this thing right
1: I'm now. Not, I'm just not
3: about... Zach Ertz. Me neither. Yeah.
2: I'm with you. Like, we don't need to flashback. We you. don't We yeah, don't need to flashback
3: from fir- the first incident I ever had here. That's for sure. That's a story for another day. But uh, I, I don't know. He just – he doesn't score touchdowns with any regularity. He's not a gr- – I just don't think he's a very – like a great player. He's fine. And in this offense, I just don't think that there's going to be enough high-powered attempts for him to finish as the tight end 12 where he's going off at board right now in drafts.
1: And the quarterback situation there too in flux – um, yeah, I, I think there's just too many questions. I'm really not high on Zach Ertz, man. If he's the tight end twelve right now, I, l- there's there's got to be other guys um, that I would rather draft and and take a take a dart throw. Like where's Clive Walford going? I'd rather have Clive Walford. Couple Zach
5: take Ertz a draft. couple couple tight yeah. ends later probably. Right, but you figure if he's the tight end twelve, chances are he's not coming off the board in a lot of drafts.
6: That's true. You right. know, I mean, he's, that's true. Tight end two.
5: That means that means you know Bench in theory. Guy. Twelve team leagues, he's the last guy taken. Ten team leagues, that guy's uh, he's on the waiver wire. Right. There. and you know, so if if it means I have to go get Zach Ertz for a bye week replacement because somebody gets hurt, I feel differently about it than if I'm spending a draft pick on him. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah,
3: that's where that's the range where I view him in. But some drafts, he does go much higher than that. Yeah.
1: All right, in Minnesota, man, Kittle. Stefan Diggs is, quote, shining in Minnesota. Are we undervaluing him? This is from Matt Venzel of the Star Tribune. Uh, in the 10 days since the Vikings first reported to Mankato, Diggs has been by far the most impressive offensive player. Goes on to write, the Vikings told Diggs to focus on learning all three wide receiver positions during the offseason. Um, from what Venzel is reporting, Diggs has really flourished in that role, moving around the field and, and playing a bunch of different wide receiver positions. Um, he's really been able to kind of, I guess, abuse matchups, which is uh, very great to see. They said last year, Diggs really just had to play on the outside because they didn't really have anybody else to kind of play on the outside. So, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense, certainly when you look at that roster. What do we make of the reports from Matt Vensel?
2: I mean, I think, I think we've been... Uh unfairly ignoring Diggs a little bit. He had a he had a strong rookie season too, like you know, like Sneeds last year. Granted he trailed off a lot down the stretch where he didn't have seventy yards for like, I don't know, eight or nine games or whatever it was. However, he did show a lot of promising stuff on tape when you watched it. Like he was Absolutely. a precise route runner. He could make he could make plays after the catch. Physical dude too. And and with him taking this next step and being a little more more versatile in the, in that offense, I mean he's probably the one that should be going ahead of Treadwell. I think Treadwell is ahead of Diggs right now because people think he and that rightfully so. He'll be more of a red zone threat, but Diggs should probably be the first wide receiver off the board in that offense, and he could be a sneaky value considering you can get him in like what round ten to twelve.
1: Yeah, I mean, is he going that high? I was going to say I, I'd be surprised if he was going around twelve. Diggs busted out those first four games
3: there, right, and then kind of t- the only he had two games with uh where he had one game with multiple touchdowns against the Bears, and then his highest yardage total was sixty six after those four games. So not it was, great. yeah, it was it was slow, but like Gelhar mentioned. You know, he still showed good potential on tape. His weakest thing in reception perception is success, his success rate versus press coverage. Okay, Like you mentioned, lining up on the outside and on the line of scrimmage a lot. Now they're lining him up at flanker in the slot, so I think he'll be able to get better matchups there. And Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Treadwell's not even listed as a starter yet on the depth chart, and I know we should probably take depth charts with a grain of salt, but I I do think that I'd, I'd probably prefer to have Diggs at this point. I think we've been unfair to him.
5: I mean, this is all well and good can you promise me we're going to get extra passing volume in this offense? Nope. Yeah,
6: that's the big thing. That's the big nope. thing is
5: that there's not a lot of volume in this offense. As long as Adrian Peterson walks the earth wearing a purple jersey, it's going to continue to be this way. And you know, as much as we want to hold out hope for Teddy Bridgewater, I, I am among them. Right now, he's Alex Smith without the running ability. Oh, So that means <laughs> – I mean, old. look, let's just be honest about it. Like, yeah. he's Alex Smith – but doesn't run nearly as much, so now you're relying on his wide receivers to make a whole lot of plays after the catch. And maybe Stephon Diggs can, but that's a lot to ask out of
6: somebody. Yeah, yeah, but at his asking price in like round nine and twelve team leagues, I'll take a chance on. I'll him. take that all day long. But you know, his touchdown upside might be a little limited.
1: All right, Allen Robinson there in Duval uh, is looking phenomenal. This, according to the team's website, sure. there's Walsh. only one person that can oh, answer huh. this question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as well as he played last season, Robinson has looked like a different receiver early in training camp and a much better one, too. His offseason focus on route running is evident, and he appears to be more aggressive to the ball.
3: Breaking news, Allen Robinson is hashtag good at football. Yeah, he really
1: is. <laughs> um, you know, I'm surprised by his, uh, I guess, uh, ADP because I kind of view him as a back-end uh, back r- round one guy. Uh, I kind of have him in that 10 to 12 range. And, um, and I'm not really seeing him go there, really, in a lot of drafts. I'm seeing him kind of go mid-second round or later. And it kind of surprises me.
6: It's because of this whole narrative about the regression yeah. in the Jaguars' offense—everybody's favorite new word B in B the, the offense—yeah.
5: <laughs> and I think I really think he's one of the guys that I think stays about the same. Yeah, at least maybe he gets better. But I, I'm not really worried about him taking a big step back this year. I think I think the guy in that offense that concerns me would be Allen Hearns, but not Allen Robinson. Yeah, you I'm know. not
3: worried about it at all. Me neither. And if he does, if he, he might not catch 14 touchdowns again, I mean, sure. But he, I think his floor is like eight or nine touchdowns. Right. And I also think he can progress in the catches and yards department even. I mean, he only caught 80 passes on 159 targets. And when he, uh, when he and I, interv- or when, when I interviewed him, he didn't interview me. Um, when hum- I interviewed Humble- him earlier, or, yeah, <laughs> earlier in this offseason, like, he talked about being more efficient with his targets, catching more passes and not just relying on big plays. And I think that's what's coming out of camp. I mean, this is a guy that's not even 23 years old yet. Right, uh, he he's going to continue to improve, and I think we should bet on that kind of talent at the wide receiver position right now. That's just, it, it's crazy that he, that he's not like a consensus back half first round pick. Where you know guys like DeAndre Hopkins, who we already saw regress mid season.
5: One word of him, Jaguars. I, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think I think you know, look, I, I consider myself the fantasy skeptic, and I'm generally of the let's do it. I want to see you do it again. I I believe Allen Robinson can do it again, but I just think. I think there are teams out there that people look at them and, you know, the, the Jaguars, the Browns, the Titans, they have this stink on them that I think impacts people when it comes to drafting these guys.
3: That's fair, yeah. but if you think they're going to be bad again, that's actually probably good for fans. Yeah, because that's the, the, the weird thing that people um, are, are saying right now, like the Jaguars are definitely going to be better. They've got but, these new young defenders. Yeah, the they'll defense. be in more positive games, Chris, but... I don't think we can say that for sure. So if you think they stink still, that's good. Uh, I th- even if, even
1: if their defense does take a step forward, and I, it almost assuredly will because their defense was so bad last year. But e- even if that's the case, does it really matter for a guy who is the clear-cut number one? No. Uh, uh, we talk about Alan Hearns. I, I know he had double-digit touchdowns last year, but uh, I mean, let, let's at least acknowledge the fact that he can't stay healthy. If, and I really want to say when, Alan Hearns goes down with some kind of injury – Um, think about how many targets are going to go this guy's way. We're talking about Allen Robinson, Matt Harmon. You mentioned it, 159 targets. That's not like absurd. I mean, he could push 180 in terms of targets. Can he not?
2: I could see it. Yeah, if if things break the right way. But I mean, even
1: I'm saying even if they have positive game game scripts, who cares? Yeah, and they can be
3: they can want to be a a ball control run team all they want, but their pass, their personnel is set up to be a pass-first team. They have an athletic tight end, a stud number one receiver. Alan Hearns is a more than competent number two. They have a young quarterback who's aggressive. Right. I don't think you're going to just make like Bortles dial it back in. Like They're built to be a pass-first team, and I think that's what their identity will be.
1: That's good stuff. All right. Uh, the Pats are, quote-unquote, preserving Dion Lewis by keeping him on the pup. He is not on the PUP because of setbacks. This from ESPN's Mike Reese. Running back at Deion Lewis, who is coming back from a torn left ACL sustained November 7th, remains on the PUP list, but I'm told this isn't a result of any type of setback. The expectation of those close to Lewis is that the team would take it slow with him because preserving him for the 16-game regular season is the goal. Reese goes on to write, during the first five games of last season, he was on the field for 66% of the team's offensive snaps, before injuries derailed that pace. um, What do we make of the news? I love Dion Lewis this year. Yep. Clearly, you've taken him pretty high in several other locks. Yeah, Electric, no, I know. man. Uh, I think I've taken him in, in, like, the fourth round.
2: Yeah, beginning of the fourth a couple right. times, I think.
1: Well, if you're in that back half uh, of the draft, I mean, you pretty much have no choice. You know, if there's a guy that you like and you're picking ninth out of tenth or tenth out of twelfth or something, and, and there's a guy you like on the turnaround, you pretty much got to take you gotta him. You got to take him. You know? So that's where kind of the ADP it's like, again when you're drafting on those turns it's like you kind of not ignore ADP but you know certainly take it less into consideration right. you got to just go get your guy.
2: I think this is encouraging news for Lewis though because we had heard recently reports surface that weren't the reports that he could even start the regular season on the pup that was yeah. Such yeah. like that and and then, random
3: wild speculation. Like, yeah and then right away the, one of the other beat writers was like no No, Uh, he's on the pup just for like this reason here. And I think that's a good reason, like a good indicator that they want to keep him preserved. And to your point about the fourth round, James, I'm finding that to be like the round that I'm kind of just grossed out by the most. Like there's Latavius Murray and Carlos Hyde and uh, DeMarco Murray's in ADP. Ryan Matthews. And well, he's going later now because he's been hurt. But like, so Uh, either taking one of those volume running backs or you're reaching on a wide receiver, like Mike Floyd, if you really like him, or Julian Edelman, or golden Tate or Doug Baldwin. I kind of like Deion Lewis there out of all those guys. All right, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's a
2: great sign. Just real quick, like, I think you were getting to the point, Matt, and I just want to make sure we say it, is that by preserving him, it's also a good sign that they want him to have a decent workload in yeah. the season. They are not; they wouldn't preserve him and then be like, you're going to get five touches a game. Like They know this guy was a difference maker in their offense last year. They're going to feed him the rock.
1: The famed Slayer. Of Bellatrix. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, let's do an NFC West preview. We'll start with the Cardinals. They were good last year. You know who was great? How about David Johnson? Um, David Johnson, where is he going right now in drafts? Like anywhere between, what, five and like nine?
2: Anywhere between one and, t- and
6: 12. <laughs> <That's what happened. laughs> good yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. all over the place.
1: Uh, all right, where, where do you guys take him? Where do you guys have him ranked?
6: have him as my first running back. He's my number 1 RB. Same. Yeah. Same.
1: Are we across you were across. We're the all in, we're, in agreement all there. There. We all spent yeah. too much time together.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're also all so smart,
3: so. Yeah, that too.
1: Uh he's a premium athlete playing in a premium offense. Uh, there's a lot to like about DJ. What is there anything that concerns you about him?
2: No. Nothing. Honest, honestly no. I mean, they keep Bruce Arians keeps trying to weave this narrative that they're not going to feed Chris John or they're not going to feed David Johnson, the rock by mentioning Chris Johnson, and Andre Ellington and stuff. But we all saw last year uh, at down the stretch, what he could do in this offense with his dual threat ability. And I think they're just blowing smoke because other people in the organization like stump Mitchell, his running backs, coach Steve Kime, the general manager, other people have been pumping up Johnson and the things that he can do for this offense. He's a total mismatch when he gets out of the backfield. Like there's the great uh, Wessling has made this point a couple times times uh, on the, around the NFL podcast, but the first time the Packers played the Cardinals when they got boat raced in the regular season, they tried to cover him with a linebacker, failed. They tried with, like, a, a safety and failed, and they ended up putting, like, a cornerback on him too and double teaming him because he was that good out of the backfield. His his ceiling is, is probably the highest. Would, like, would anybody argue with saying his ceiling is the highest among the running backs in 2015,
3: 2016? He's the, I mean, obviously there's Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and he, but he's the only one who has that sort of per game upside, mm-hmm. uh, like to be just massively unfair as a rusher and a receiver. And we'll talk about this in the Todd Gurley section. Like he checks all the boxes of what it's important to have when you're a top fantasy running back. He plays in a great offense. He plays the good quarterback and he gets a ton of work in the receiving and game. And he is hashtag And good.
1: he's really freaking good. <laughs> um, he's a combine warrior, so you know I'm impressed there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, but he, here's the, the reports, too, uh, to, to, uh, to Matt's point. Uh, there are reports that they're actually working him in the slot, too. Yeah. Uh, in training camp so that's really interesting um, can you imagine Chris Johnson in the backfield and then they just kind of slide D- DJ right into a slot it's, it's a nightmare I mean that's game over like
2: it's great Tyron Matthew said it I think it was on all or nothing that he reminds David Johnson reminds him of a bigger Marshall Falk and that's the same stuff they used to do with Marshall Falk it's yeah. true he'd yeah. just roll out in the slot and then that linebacker or whoever was just like basically well I'm I have no chance <laughs> uh,
1: he's such a uh, such a great pass catcher out of the backfield uh Carson Palmer undervalued overvalued rightly valued w- w- what do we do with Carson Palmer
5: I mean he's coming off the board with double digit rounds you're looking at you know 10 11 something like that I mean I feel like that's that. a good spot for him I, mean, I think that, age and injury
1: concerns are pushing his draft price down
5: uh yeah I mean I guess they are I, I guess I'm not really afraid yeah uh, I'm not scared. you know I just like what he has uh around him and when he's there He's amazing. Plus, I, I feel like if you're drafting – if you are waiting on a quarterback and you're waiting that long to get Carson Palmer, you're probably drafting another quarterback within the next couple of rounds yeah. as well. So, you know, you, you'll you have that insulation in the event that something bad does happen.
1: I'll tell you what I, I, I would like to do. Uh, a Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, combo. That's I'm okay not with bad. that. That's not bad. I'll take that. Um, I, for some reason, Eli Manning – I shouldn't say for some reason. The Giants are like one of those, like, marquee teams where – um. Guys on these teams, like the Packers, the Cowboys, the Giants, they just go way earlier uh, than they probably should. Eli Manning, I think on NFL.com, is going somewhere in like the eighth, eighth round, round, which is yeah. just bananas. Stop it. Uh, but I think in a lot of leagues, I don't think you'll see him go that high. In um, a lot of mocks, I've been able to take him, you know, round 11, 12. But uh, that being said, hey, look, look. there's a lot of guys. I, I get people asking me all the time, hey, what are some late-round quarterbacks? I'm like, all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right? Like Pretty give much. me all of them. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, uh, Ryan Kyra Taylor. Ryan
6: Fitzpatrick at this point. Ryan too, Fitzpatrick I think he's a at this point. Great target. Yeah. I
1: mean, just there's so many. That, that that that's the reason why, you know, you're hearing fantasy experts far and wide say, just take your quarterback I late. Mean, I yeah. think
2: why I put this in that is Palmer being undervalued because he's in that group of guys, but what was, when he was healthy last year, he was a cut above those guys. Yeah. He yeah. was a consistent that's true. top four or five quarterback every week because of his weapons. He's got David Johnson. Mentioned Michael Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald, and and John Brown. Like, what a, a group of, you know, skill position players to work with. It's the same kind of thing we talked about on a recent pod with Drew Brees, how, like, we should be targeting him instead of all his wide receivers because he's got so many great weapons and he's an elite quarterback. Carson Palmer is an elite quarterback in a loaded offense. I think I think we might be sleeping on him just a touch here. He should
3: be the consensus five quarterback off the board. Behind, After. Behind Cam, Rodgers, Luck, or not Luck, Cam, Rodgers, Wilson, Russell. Breeze and and then then Palmer. Palmer. I would. I I agree. Palmer,
1: Palmer ahead of Luck. Yes, Yes. I think so. Just, just
3: it's a more stable offense there's better weapons and they go deep a lot. Uh, he led the NFL last year in average. Well, that's what he does. I also feel throw, like he's yeah. better
5: protecting the football than Andrew Luck. Is.
3: Yeah. I think I think one reason he's his value is a little depressed right now is people are worried did he go full Jake DeLome in last year's playoffs cuz he was just a, a pretty much a nightmare, but at the same time, he had a finger injury that I think oh we, my gosh, we know yeah. was was definitely a big yeah. deal. I, I I'm not worried about Palmer. No, Never mind.
1: Gosh, you know, I got I got luck ahead of Palmer, uh, <laughs> mostly cuz of the upside. Yeah. I mean, Luck's
2: going to run, too. He's gonna scramble. He can get in the end zone. Palmer's one of those statue quarterbacks. He's yeah. a dad. I mean, let's not forget he <laughs> he scored that run rushing touchdown or two point conversion or whatever it is, and then fell over trying to spike the football last year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot. Like, about there's there's no
5: ground game upside for Palmer. He's not known for his athleticism.
1: <laughs> right. oh, I mean, that that's not great. his thing. <laughs> hey, I would I, I would also argue with you that the Arizona Cardinals have better weapons, at least from the receiver position. I really like the the. The combination of T. Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief, but let me use that as a transition to talk about the Arizona pass catchers. Um, it's kind of a jumbled mess a little bit. Uh, there, are three of them that are, are very good. The the guy who led fantasy production last year, Larry Fitzgerald, is pretty much the third guy uh, in this triangle here. And I think for people who are listening to the podcast. I'd love to have you guys explain why Larry Fitzgerald, in your mind, is – because all all of you guys have Larry Fitzgerald third, right, among Michael Floyd, uh, John Brown, and Larry Fitz. So can you guys explain to the listeners out there, why is Larry Fitz not um, the guy who should be leading uh, this wide receiver trio? Uh,
5: He's old. Um, that's that's a good start. I, 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 I and
1: But isn't it possible he's old but also the most talented guy? He is really yeah. – he's
5: still really talented. He's still a really good receiver, and he will still give you decent fantasy production. But last year he ended up leading sort of by default. I mean, you had Michael Floyd, who was hurt to start the year. Kind of took him a while to get in the swing of things. John Brown, um, you know, I, I know – you know, Harmon loves him and, and spent a lot of time watching him. Oh, God, yeah. But he had some up and down games last year. I mean there were times he was hurt too. There were times when, you know, he just wasn't really very visible in the offense and so because of that the Cardinals fell back on Larry Fitzgerald, let me tell you, if your fallback position is Larry Fitzgerald, that's a you know, good problem good? to have. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a really good problem to have. But I yeah. think this year, with Floyd, you know, hopefully being healthy, Brown being healthy and productive, I think they go back to trying to go with the younger guys as their primary targets. And I think, I mean, I, I believe this is the year for Michael Floyd. And I have, I have Brown just a couple of clicks below that. They're they're pretty even than me, but I think this is the year we see Michael Floyd break out.
3: So I have John Brown number one among the receivers. Don't at me, uh, and
5: I think it's pretty clear.
3: Uh, but the biggest problem for Larry Fitzgerald is actually David Johnson. You mentioned him running routes from the slot, and when all three of the receivers were healthy and Johnson was a part of the offense, Fitzgerald's floor just—I mean, his ceiling just and floor again—when those crawl spaces just just were so close, he didn't really have any ceiling. His average depth of target fell to 5.8. That's like golden Tate levels low. Uh, And David Johnson's was 3.1, which is one of the highest among running backs. Those two kind of cannibalized each other in terms of targets. If you think about just running those drag routes from the slot. And I think that's only going to be exacerbated this year as Johnson's fully integrated into the offense. Like, I just don't really see a ton of upside or even a great floor to rely on with with Fitzgerald as long as David Johnson is there and the two outside receivers are healthy.
2: Right. This is a good stat from our uh, our friend TJ Hernandez who writes for 4 for 4. Uh, In Arizona's first 12 games of 2015, Larry Fitzgerald had almost 30% of the targets in the offense. In the final six games when Floyd, Brown, and David Johnson all had their roles, that fell to just 19%. Yeah. There's a huge drop in, in the amount of volume he was seeing. And I think you're right, Harmon, the upset isn't there because you're just going to be chasing, hopefully, a red zone touchdown with Larry Fitzgerald because he's not going to be running the deep routes that Brown and Floyd are and yeah. and getting more work there. You're going to have to hope they get close. And that David Johnson doesn't take those touches and it goes to Fitzgerald instead.
1: All right, let's move on to L.A. Rams, shall we? Uh, Matt Harmon just wrote a piece. You can find it on NFL.com slash fantasy.
2: Or slash Harmon. Or
1: slash Harmon. NFL.com slash Harmon. And he just lays to waste Todd Gurley.
5: Basically says he should be a last-round pick.
1: (laughs) That is not not what I said. I mean, just
5: straight
1: blowtorch. I see to there are, Todd Gurley's ADP. I see they're already one. Yeah. Who's an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> That I, is the sound I, of the blowtorch. I see there are already Harman. 19
3: comments on the piece. I won't be reading it. was
2: well, <laughs> I noticed uh when we were coming up
3: here that it was already in the the homepage on nfl.com. Oh, well, so when the he had the, when we had the meeting this morning, Patrick immediately was like, "All right, so we have some options for the CP. Harmon, what the hell is this piece about Gurley?" Like yeah. what it, like uh, he was ready for that one yeah, as soon yeah. as it came out. So
1: All right, so here's so, the thing. Todd Gurley's a top 5 pick right now. Uh, top three pick. Top actually. three pick. Um, and I would challenge you to find a draft where he goes below the top five. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he is a consensus top five pick. You could largely say he's a consensus top three pick. Okay. All right. So here we go. Matt Harmon says what? Todd Gurley does not. I think you in your piece you wrote somewhere along uh, something along the lines of he would have to have a historic season to outperform a top five draft pick.
3: Yeah, to be – I mean, because if you're taking him in the top three as the first running back off the board, yes. you want him to be the top-scoring running back, right? Now, I, so I went back over the last seven years and looked at the correlations between running backs that finished in the top five in standard leagues. I didn't even go PPR for you normal people out there. <laughs> uh, so the, the things that I looked at were target volume. Quarterback quality, and I measured that by fantasy points scored per game and also adjusted yards per attempt, which I think is one of the best stats to evaluate your quarterback position, and also overall offensive effectiveness measured by football outsiders DVOA and points scored. And one of the things that just became clear was that the running backs need all three of of those variables to line up. They need to be heavily involved in the receiving game. They need to be – in good offenses, they need to play with strong quarterbacks. Most of the majority of the running backs have finished in the top five over the last seven years, and it's and it actually gets stronger when you measure it down from just 2012 to 2015. There's just a strong correlation between top five running backs and all those factors. And, yes, I am aware Todd Gurley's great. I mentioned, made sure to mention that a hundred times in the piece because I think he is an awesome running back. But at the same time, there's more to scoring fantasy points than just being awesome and i <laughs> and i think if you if you really if you really look at it this rams offense doesn't meet any of those qualifications, they are the slowest-paced team in the league. They were 32nd last year. Jeff Fisher, as the league has trended towards more up-tempo pass or more up-tempo offenses, he's actually slowed his teams down for whatever reason uh, <laughs> since 2000. Since his last three years with the Titans and his four years with the Rams, his offenses have averaged 26 in the NFL in terms of players' run. That's just really bad. You do don't get as many opportunities. You also d- don't have any clarity at the quarterback position. Uh, our own Bucky Brooks has said that he's shocked how that Jared Goff doesn't look ready to be a starter at all. So if you're telling me that Case Keenum is going to lead the offense to victory again, sure. Okay. You, you can think that, uh, Jared Goff would need to establish himself very quickly as a high quality quarterback to help Todd Gurley. And, you know, lastly, Gurley only had 26 targets in 13 games as a rookie, which would be a 32 pace and, most of the running backs that fit in bad offenses with bad quarterbacks, all of those, like Maurice Jones-Drew, Peyton Hillis, those guys scored – Peyton Hillis, I can't believe I just said that. Wow, <laughs> but, that, what a drop. That, that happened. Right? <laughs> don't, don't, don't lose your steam. Don't let Peyton Hillis and, stop you. And, and, Matt, and Matt Forte especially. Uh, those guys that played with poor quarterbacks or in poor offenses, they had an immense target volume. And the Rams brought back Benny Cunningham this year, and clearly they value his ability – As a pass protector and pass catcher on third down, he had the fifth most percentage of team snaps on third down behind receiving backs like Gio Bernard, Danny Woodhead, Duke Johnson, and Shane Vereen. Then it was Cunningham, and he's not a big factor, but at the same time, if he's still there, his presence is going to take away from Gurley. So he doesn't have that safe reception floor to give him a week-to-week cushion for when the offense is bad and the quarterbacks are bad. Your your, your Honor, honor,
1: may I I, I, (laughs) I read a question? Hold on, hold on,
3: hold on. <laughs>
2: All right, so I said can. a
1: lot of things. Okay, I'm, I'm so gonna, let me let me reset stop. the listeners. I'm going to stop now. Let me reset the listeners here because you wrote. I mean, I mean, again, when I say he put a blowtorch to Todd Gurley, <laughs> I mean it is a just a twenty thousand word blowtorch. <laughs> It is unbelievable. It's not 20,000. And I read <laughs> every word of it, and it was fascinating. But here's the general arguments, and Matt Harmon, uh, jump in uh, if I'm misstating mis- sure. it here. No, okay? okay. So basically, Todd Gurley, not worth the top five pick because bad quarterback, bad offense.
2: Slow offense. slow,
1: Bad and slow offense, bad. and not utilized in the passing game. Yeah. Those three, those three things, basically, yes, and,
3: is the and, summary of your argument. Yes, and okay. that the key; those are three of the keyest factors. To <laughs> keyest, the, the keyest. Yeah. Yeah. most of the most key factors major, to running back success in fantasy football. Again, two mo- the most recent examples. That I could find that, that did not play with good quarterbacks, okay. especially were Adrian Peterson in yep. his 2,000 yard season. Okay. So, again, like the most superhuman running back season ever. And Matt Forte when he had 130 targets in Mark Tresman's offense, which was the second most for a running back ever. In Your, his Your Honor, I'd like to cross okay. the salmon. So now, can, yeah, please, M- I'd, like, I'd, I'd like to cross Snap the them. salmon,
5: sir. Um, what do you consider to be the floor for? Todd Gurley, in terms of where he will land in the, the running back rankings,
3: this I year. don't see a scenario really where he can finish outside the top six, okay, unless out, without injury. So that's my point. Okay, so
5: so okay. Then may I continue. Oh no, yeah, I continue. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see potentially, realistically, as the ceiling for Todd Gurley um, uh, in running back rankings this year? Three. I don't see a number one ceiling. Okay, so so following along, if you take Todd Gurley. As the first running back off the board, and he returns to you, let's just say for the sake of argument, number five running back potential. Are you mad? I, I are you mad? I would. Yes yeah. or no, sir? Are <laughs> you mad? Yes. Yes. If or you're no. taking him as the first running back off the board, <laughs>
3: really? You want him to be more than just the fifth if best running back? Him, he because that, that means he's not a week to week difference maker for you. That means, but he
5: is at the at a position that's dead. That is void. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is yeah. void of depth. Uh, that's fine. No, That's it's fine. It's fine.
3: it's fine from a season long perspective, but you're going to lose weeks if Todd Gurley doesn't have the floor of some of these other running backs. Like, there was a stretch last year in three games where he averaged just about 10 fantasy points. He scored one touchdown. He had like a one point right. game in that stretch. But what means- That's a realistic floor that that can happen because he's not vaulted up by a but strong that-
5: offense or a pass. What game. that means, that in theory, though, that means there's only four other guys in the whole history of everything, for the year at least. It, 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 on this earth, that means there are four other people walking this planet that have higher floors than him. Meanwhile, there are however many other running backs in this league that have a lower floor than than Todd Gurley? I, if I take him as the first running back off the board and he comes back to me with top five results, I'm cool with that. Oh, so, I'm so cool the counter with argument with with what MG? By the way.
1: Solid cross-examination. Yeah,
5: I like I'm
2: sitting over here like I had a little bag of popcorn before <laughs> I started. I'm wishing I had saved that for the podcast. I just wanted to turn off my mic and start eating some popcorn.
1: Woo-wee! Um, I, the, the MG counter-argument, and I get this. Uh, the just sheer amount of volume that he's going to get gives him a pretty darn good safe floor, and Matt Harmon even admitting as much that the floor is actually pretty good Overall, uh, for Todd Gurley. Now, is it worth a top five pick? Hartman says no. Here's the thing. I would take – there's no
3: way I would take him ahead of any of the three receivers. No, Vincent's I would not. Nor would I. Am. In, in, in okay. a fantasy, in, in, even in even in a standard league. Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., and Julio Jones. Correct. Right. Those I, would take, I agree with that. I would take A.J. Green over him. Oh. I would take David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott over him. Okay. Then once – so the next kind of groups in my tiers there that you're starting to look at are, like, Allen Robinson. Would you take Adrian Peterson over him? See, no, probably not because I do think, like, from a week to – well – because I, I think I think Peterson's the same proposition. Like what we saw last year with with Adrian Peterson was that he had those crater floor weeks too. And I just think that because neither one of them are passing, he's he also does. the second running back in in fantasy last year. Yeah, but again, you're looking at it from a season long perspective, and I know that that matters. But at the same time, I'm more interested in what you're going to do for me week to
5: week because you got to win weeks. Right, but but everybody at some point, everybody's going to let you down. Even your parents, somebody, everybody. You. <laughs> you don't even have <laughs> to tell me twice about that one. <laughs> you know, like at some point, everybody's sorry, gonna let sorry, you down. Sorry, so, mommy. I mean, if that's if da- that is the case, if that's what you're worried about,
3: then don't draft anybody. This is this is why you shouldn't be drafting running backs in the first round, <laughs> anyways. This is why I'm not touching a lot of running backs because they're fragile assets because they have this low floor. It's, even the top guys, like early, man, I you, know, but, but you, man, man, when, when you get a
5: good one, you are you're already a step ahead of everybody. But who else, the hell
3: so. projects as one of the good ones from a, like a clear s- a consensus? Right now, other than Johnson, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Adrian Peterson. I don't, but I, but I think it. I think, <laughs> it, I, think it, I think it ends after Johnson and Elliott because just the rest of these guys don't line up the way that you want from a clear top running back.
2: Man, Lamar Miller's down there in Houston right
3: now, just. I like. I have. I have. <laughs> I have Miller ranked over Gurley. Look, I think he oh, projects in a better in a, woo, better,
5: I think in a Lamar, better offense Miller, with so it, more it, receiving. Not, which comes back to my original point that uh, you think that Todd Gurley is trash.
3: I don't think he's trash. I think <laughs> <laughs> I wish, wish he wasn't playing for the Rams. All right. Oh. Whew.
2: I'm, I mean, you guys were the ones arguing over there, and I'm, like, sweating back here. Yeah, <laughs> man. All right. So go to NFL.com slash Harmon, read the whole thing, hit Whew. him up on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB to either say.
1: Matt Harmon, who's an idiot.
2: Or <laughs> tell him that they agree with his point. But let's man. move on. Uh, Davon Austin, sleeper, but outside of that, is anybody touching anyone else in this
6: offense? Talk early. <laughs> Todd Gurley, saw France don't don't go back down that <laughs> moral. uh let's go
1: to San Francisco uh, no one else is on this offense is interesting at all I don't care uh we're going to san francisco <laughs> the 49ers uh, Carlos Hyde where's he going third uh fourth, fourth roundish fourth round basically
6: i'll take him there. Uh, day, overpriced
1: man. underpriced what how do you value him
6: appropriately priced i believe
1: yeah He's one of my favorite he's one of my favorite players if you're going wide receiver heavy at the top of the draft once you start going like if you go three wide receivers uh yeah. near the top of the draft in round 4 I, I really like what Carlos is bringing to the table in a Chip Kelly offense uh in round 4 I don't mind it at all now if he's my if I if I'm going running back heavy and and I'm looking at some wide receivers mixed into that draft class I I, I might I might shy away
2: yeah yeah, I'm, I'm, I, think, I think he's in the right spot because there's certainly a ton of upside, especially in the Chip Kelly offense, and we've seen how talented he is. But there's a lot of risk because that offense could be bad as well, and game scripts could go away, and he could not catch passes, and Sean Drawn could be the one with more touches Sean for several weeks.
1: That's, uh, not, I don't want to hear that name. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, we know
2: you're scared by all the vowels, James, but <laughs>
1: it's a lot of vowels. Uh, Torrey Smith, uh, I will go back to the prognosticator for this one. You like Torrey Smith this coming up season.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't really see what's not to like. Other other than, other the, than the fact that he's one-dimensional
1: and but he's but not he's, not,
3: he's not he's not he's not one-dimensional. He's a deep threat that's his primary game, but he can also get open on some of the underneath routes. He had a pretty high success rate on slant routes and reception perception. He can do enough to be a functional number one receiver in this offense. you know, And you don't have to pay for him. He's a late ninth-round pick at best in ADP right now. I w- I think that's a slam dunk. There's no way he finishes with less than 120 targets. No way. With the pace that this offense runs and the fact that he's the most established threat there, you look at what fast X receivers have done with Chip Kelly. Deshaun Jackson had a career year. Jeremy Macklin had a career year. I think Smith is not going to reach those levels. But if he finished as a top, 24 receiver it wouldn't shock me so
5: allow me to be bitter 49er fan here for because <laughs> that's the, the one thing we keep hearing about is the pace of play the up ness of a, a chip kelly offense yep. which a lot of it's, plays it's great you run a lot of plays lot or you can plays. go three and out really fast and <laughs> yeah. the problem with this group versus what he had he doesn't have the talent in san francisco that he had in philadelphia and i know that last year the eagles weren't great on offense they at least on paper were still a more talented bunch than what is were in they? San Francisco.
3: Were they though last year in Philadelphia?
5: Uh, I mean, I I like I felt more confident. With their running back rotation than I do with Carlos Hyde, I felt better with their wide receivers than I do with Torrey Smith and your, you know, your BFF Bruce. Ellington. We haven't
3: even gotten to we haven't even gotten to the real your, star, of your the boy show. Bruce Ellington. Oh
5: you know, I mean, Why Zach, I take I take Zach Ertz over Vance McDonald. I mean, I, I just think on paper right. last year's Philly team was a better team than this Niners,
3: probably, but 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 like marginally, I would say it not not by a great degree, maybe by like two two points in Madden team rankings.
2: Yeah, like I they, wouldn't even
1: I I I view them the same man i really do like, i not mean that big of a because thing. they were trying to figure out demarco murray i think that set them back offensively a little bit i don't think they have to do that with the running back position here in san francisco carlos hyde is the guy yeah um and if he doesn't work out it just it's not going to work out right um and they didn't have to figure out how to work in a ryan matthews or 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 a darren sproles just I, just I really like what the 49ers
5: just Chandrone, huh uh yes
3: well can we talk about the the GOAT, Bruce
4: Ellington? We know what you want. We know what you want to. So, so, so bring it out. Go ahead. So,
3: I mean, Bruce Ellington, yeah. uh, another guy that he has not played much at the NFL level, but there's been nothing but positive buzz about him in the offseason. He locked down the slot receiver role in uh, mini camps. And, again, it's not a direct one-to-one thing pro- potentially, but uh, Jordan Matthews racked up some numbers. In that role last year, again, even when the team was bad in garbage time, Matthews did produce. He, he got over 100 targets both both years in his career, playing primarily in the slot. And then in the offseason, uh, or in the training camp, once once that got going, then reports were that Matthews is or not Matthews. Yeah, I'm getting confused. I'm still shook. Uh, that Ellington was uh, that Ellington was the clear number two receiver. Yeah, and a clear breakout player. And I think that Ellington is actually good. I think that he was a good player at South Carolina. Carolina. Carolina I looked at him for just 70 the only 77 routes I could get for reception perception it looked okay that's on backyard banter if you want to check that out and I just think that the opportunity in this offense because they're going to be bad because they're going to run a lot of plays offensive players are going to matter for San Francisco and I think that Bruce Ellington is one of the guys that could clearly benefit from that if he had 70 catches this year that wouldn't shock me a bit oh there we go uh, uh
1: that might be hotter than your Todd Gurley take.
5: So wait, wait I mean I, I, look I don't I'm not I'm not going to diss Bruce. Ellington. I mean where are you looking at drafting him? I mean like 11 the, the 12
1: last, the it, in the NFL 10s I've
3: had to take him in like the 13th round okay. at, at yeah, best because people know I like Bruce Ellington. He's going to go right. on draft. But man. but but yeah like in yeah, most no, casual no, leagues you can lead. spend a 15th round pick or or He's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's essentially free, free yeah. And, and maybe maybe that changes if the drum beat and I, you know, I always come back to the drum beat, and the drum beat has been clear for Bruce Ellington. If that continues to progress into good preseason performances, uh, then we have to probably think about maybe taking him a little higher because people will be on him then as a sleeper. But I mean, I, I just think that there's there's a pretty clear path to pe- playing time, target loads, and I think there's a talent there. All right, all right, that's that's
2: your Bruce Ellington update, everybody. <laughs> on the <this, laughs> Seattle, see you in, see you in week
1: ten when he's the wide receiver. Five. Oh my gosh! I'm stop! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, let's go to Seattle. Rawls just came off the pop. Uh, they said he passed his physical. Uh, his ADP right now, I think somewhere. Uh, if I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw in fantasy football calculator his ADP was somewhere in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that's going to climb. How high will it climb? Um, I think before the injury reports came out, we saw Rawls going in the mid-second. Will his value get back up into that mid-second round?
6: It, it might. I mean, the, the reports all off-season have been Rawls is going to be out the entire preseason. Like, we're not going to see him play in a preseason game. So I think as long as that remains the case, he'll hover in the third or fourth round because nobody's going to know, and then come week one and they plug him in and then, you know, people will be like, oh, I got a bargain.
1: CJ pro the GOAT, according to Matt friend The number one <laughs> <That's> scoring <laughs> PPR running back. That's right. He's the
6: only dude. I've been saying this no, no, but isn't for weeks. he? He's
1: hurt as well, is he not? Yeah, like he's
6: out with a hamstring okay. for seven to ten days as of last week. Okay. But he's the only one of these dudes who ha- actually has a role where the coaches have come out and said, he's going to be our pass-catching third-down guy. And there's some value in that. And so that means Rawls is going to lose some snaps, but it's probably not going to be enough to really affect his fantasy value because he'll still be, like, the goal line guy, the early down guy. And we saw what he can do. He's a great running back. It's just a matter of how healthy is his ankle and can he hold up on, the, on on what, 10 months' recovery from a shattered ankle. The other thing is these rookies, they have all these rookies they drafted. Alex Collins is working in with the first team in camp, taking advantage of his opportunities. Christine Michael is there. I really so, wish I could play the X Files theme. <laughs> him, but royalty and rights issues,
2: but anytime you hear us say Chris and Michael, just just imagine. Especially because we, especially because we just sat in a meeting
5: about the you know intellectual property right. and copyrights and.
1: Can I at least hum it? Is that allowed?
5: I think that's okay. That
3: was, that's almost as bad as when Gerhard does the Daily Show thing at at home.
2: Oh yeah, I do it every time just to annoy Harmon when we watch it. Because
6: I did it once. He's like, "That
3: was so accurate, wasn't it?" I like, "That's the worst thing I've ever heard."
2: But I, We're going to have
6: to clip that one. Anyways. And I think it. right now, Rawls is the guy you want. ProSize will be your PPR third down guy, maybe a flex in standard leagues. And to handcuff Rawls, I think Michael is the target like late in drafts. Because oh. if Rawls goes down, <laughs> I th- if Rawls goes down, <laughs> Michael, Michael's going to be the guy. Wait, add add, no, add Kristen Michael no, to the wheel no, of hate. No, I'm not I,
1: crazy. No, I don't, no, think, you're, I don't no. think you're crazy about that. Stop. This. Oh, my God. I, I, I was with you all the way, franchise. Why you, then you had to go and drop
6: <laughs> the
1: X files on us what? like really? Did you see like, my tweets no. last week?
6: No bro. The truth is Stop. out there. Stop. The truth Stop, bro. The truth is out there.
1: Bro. Stop. James he's got spelled. stiff no. arms? No. And spin moves? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I thought you were going to say CJ Prosize was the handcuff. No, Why he's a third down guy. No. Well, okay. Stop. So Prosize
6: has a potential to become that kind of bell cow guy, but they're, thats not what they're talking about. No, they're him. Talking actually. about him as a pass catcher that yeah. who may line up in the slot I every once in a while. I see him as like kind of a gadgety type guy who's gonna. I think he's. A, I thought he's the goat. Well, yeah, <laughs> that was the hot takes episode,
2: James. You can't take all that to heart.
6: I, he's one of my favorite uh, rookie running backs, okay. and I'm gonna get him in all the dynasty leagues I can. Okay, he's another. I gotta be realistic. We're now. gonna move on. No one's drafting Michael. Stop it. I, I'm, he's a handcuffed to, to Rawls. Why he's, not? He's not. Stop it. He's, yeah. What? <laughs> no. no, I I, I agree. With I'm you, with but, Franchise. But I've
3: said enough stupid on this podcast. Uh, I, I,
1: I'm not being stupid. Better I value. I don't think you are either. I think
3: I think you're I think you're fine. Better you value. Watch. James
1: Cole, you watch. Better <laughs> value. We'll see. You'll see. Doug Baldwin in the fifth. The truth is out there. <laughs> <laughs> or Tyler Lockett in the seventh. Baldwin in the fifth or Lockett in the This seventh.
2: is about about their ADPs right now. So let's yes. pull the yes. rocket. Uh, Franchise says Lockett. Marcus, what's that? I mean, you? if you're
5: asking better value, Lockett's the better value. I'm going angry Doug. I
2: think. <sighs> Harmon, we know where your heart's going, isn't it?
1: Um, I, I'm going to say Tyler Lockett, of course. I think, I think Doug Baldwin. And, I, lo- gosh, it's hard, though, because I love Tyler Lockett going into this year. But I will say this, though. Doug, the, the Doug Baldwin-Russell Wilson chemistry is undeniable. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Lockett is a year away.
2: I mean, I did see there was a report out of, uh, I think it was a scrimmage ESPN was covering it that the Seahawks held that Lockett did lead all players with, like, seven receptions or something in the scrimmage. And he said it seemed like there was a clear... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a clear insistence by the team to put the ball in Lockett's hands. So he's definitely the breakout guy, but I think as far as a fifth-round pick goes, you know, you think of how your draft goes. If Baldwin is, if you went wide receiver heavy, maybe he's your third or fourth wide receiver, or even if you got a couple running backs and Baldwin's your number two wide receiver, you should be able to lock him in for like eleven hundred and, and eight or nine, I bare, think so. minimum.
1: And, and, and I think the upside is there too. I think the upside for a guy like Doug Baldwin – Again, is he gonna rampage the league like he did last year? Probably not, but clearly it's a shift in the offense um, leading on Russell Wilson all the way and if the if if he had one reliable consistent target that he went to again and again and again and again it was Doug Baldwin right. I think look I know it's gonna sound a little out there but I, I think his ceiling is somewhere in the ballpark of 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. I really do. I, I for think, sure
3: I think he's a i think he's a fine fourth round pick where he goes, and he's another one that people are like hey he's going to regress, but we know that that 's why he's a fourth round pick yeah right not a round first, round first round pick, pick. Right. i that that drives me nuts but it does yeah, yeah. it's it, i think that I think they're both fine values where they are, and I can see Lockett outperforming Baldwin this year, but it, but Baldwin is probably the clean right. Number. i i like to
2: to modify uh, it was Rummy's phrase, right, the crawl space one that you mentioned for yeah, the, the player space, with the, yes. like, I think he's like an like an attic player. He's got a little more space in there, but it's still like a safe floor and a, an enticing ceiling for, for Baldwin. You're
3: going to have to talk to Rummy about getting that copyrighted. <laughs> All right,
2: I'll, 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 I'll shoot him a DM after we're out of here.
1: Fabulous. All right, uh, let's do a fan league update, let's, shall
2: we? Yeah, let's get to it. I know people are excited to know, and if you have not entered yet, don't forget. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or your app or whatever. We look through those. And also, it always helps to shoot me a screen grab on Twitter because I favorite all of them. If I haven't gotten to yours yet, send it to me again. I just had somebody do that today. I went and favorited that one so we can sift through them. But we're going to add our second entrant into every league. And who wants to start?
1: Bearded League guys.
6: All right, What's up? I'll go. We got something? So Harmon picked our guy on our previous episode. That was our first entrant. We're going with our second entrant today. Beautiful. Um, He reviewed the podcast. Looks like he's a New Orleans Saints fan. Uh, Okay. Uh, I'll read his review of the podcast here. All right, let's Greatest podcast for fantasy football around. Oh, hello. High praise for us. That's good. That's good. Off to a good start. The guys at NFL Fantasy Live are awesome. They are my family while I'm at work. Oh. You're our family too, guy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just don't come asking for money.
6: Tuesday mornings go extremely slow, waiting on the podcast to pop up to hear the guys' thoughts and insights. On players and rankings, I would love to join the bearded listener league, or the other less manly league. Hey Woo! now! <laughs> Whoa! Yes. Wow!
5: Oh yeah! Yes,
6: yes, listener league where Gelhar and Grant belong in the less wow. manly league. That's wow. that's that's why mainly why I picked this guy because hey, yeah. he called you guys less manly. I
5: don't have to ask you to leave.
6: Uh, to com- to compete against guys who I've listened to for years with would be a great experience, and I would love to destroy y'all and reign supreme as the most manliest beard-growing fantasy player on the planet. Beautiful. Hashtag beards. Hashtag real men have beards. Holy. Frank Scanduro, welcome to the Beard League. Hello.
2: That blowtorch is for what he threw at Marcus and me.
6: Uh, so just,
3: like, tweet at franchise and I, and one of us will follow you and get your email so we can... St- Get hey, you in. Adam, yeah. baby. there we and go, and then I'll block you after that. <laughs> 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 hey, I'm kidding about that part.
5: The OG League, do we have one?
2: The less manly. league. Marcus, I we, think I'm gonna have to give you the floor for this one. We, we
5: do have one. Um, so this goes back to last week when we announced our first entrant into the OG League. See what what happened was, <laughs> 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 it was right there on the uh, card, Alex, Alex Gelhar and I, in our inter-office chat, we were you know sending. Uh, nominees back and forth, guys that we thought had a, a real shot at this thing, and when it came time to announce, oh. I might have Steve Harvey did a little oh. bit and announced the wrong name.
6: It was on the card uh, um, the whole time. It was
5: on the card <laughs> the whole time, and so I uh, I said the wrong thing. I uh, I heard about it from. The uh the person who was uh kind of had Probably his From Miss heart- Columbia? Had yeah, basically, yes. Uh who had gotten his heart broken over the whole deal. Uh something to the effect of and I I, I should have had the tweet pulled up, but basically he said he laughed, he cried. Uh, he went through a range of emotions. <laughs> He's, and, freaking um, right yeah. so, He's freaking out right now. And so we're about way, to Steve Harvey McGee- him uh! again. <laughs> by the way, I mean, it's, it's a solid review. So, I mean, I'll read the review here. If you guys, if you need a top-notch fantasy football podcast, listen to these guys. Oh, thanks. Not only are they experts, but you feel like you're discussing fantasy football with your buddies every week. That works out perfectly if none of your real friends like fantasy football as much as you do. You should also probably try to get new friends. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yep. I won't league discriminate. The Beard League is a reach for me. I'm smooth-faced, despite my soul being as bearded as can be. (laughs) I'll go to whoever will have me on their team, so I'm basically the Terrell Owens of fantasy football. Oh, wow. That means he's going to burn his bridge once he's done with our league. Will he be doing like sit-ups um, in our park? Perhaps we want to see we want
4: to see, <laughs>
3: see that video, and we
2: Perhaps. want him to cry and oh say, "Oh my God, that's
3: my commissioner." That's, but
2: uh, you know, I appreciate, I
5: appreciate the fact that you know he's willing to kind of be a Swiss Army knife and go wherever uh, wherever he can be a fit. Okay, uh, if you need <laughs> Swiss to,
6: Army knife, if
5: you need to box jump, if you need to box jump a mailbox, I'm in. Wow, uh, which I don't know why I would need that in my life, but hey, but hey. <laughs> I'm a fan of the pod. Would be honored to join. It's the perfect situation. It's like O. Henry and Alanis Morissette had a baby and named it this exact situation. Nice Archer reference. Take care, guys. Keep up some of the work. Hashtag Guskowski in the fifth. So with all that, John Williams at Bad Apple J. You're not in. No, you're in. Oh, you're in. Welcome oh. to the OG league. It would have been yeah. so much funnier. if You guys if you're are so, so heartless again. You, I mean, because harm is the same way. You guys are so heartless. That would have no.
1: been so much funnier.
5: That's <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: uh, just you, you. guys ruined good comedy. I'm here for last. I'm upset. About that. <laughs> uh, Look, this, isn't, this isn't the feelings podcast I'm here to I laugh. Know, because exactly. Marcus and
2: I care about our listeners. No. All right? Forget the
1: listeners. <laughs> I, don't care uh, about wait, don't uh, I care about the listeners. Oh,
3: okay. No, you don't. I care about the listeners. You don't care about the listeners. I care about the listeners, but if one has to, you know, g- pass away at the expense of my laughter. You know. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. Wow. wow. Metaphorically,
1: wow. I, Not. Right. not no, no. You don't care about the listeners. You care about the Harmonites on Twitter.
3: James, do you have
2: uh, another true. entrant to the <clears> Danger Zone League?
1: Uh, can, I, can I suggest two? Uh, mostly because I will not be in for the podcast on Friday. Correct.
2: Yeah, okay. I guess we're, g- we're going to let you start th- two in.
1: Plus, it's 16 teams.
2: Yeah. So, so at you some gotta, point – got to start catching Ke- you 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 – At gotta some pull up point, up in.
1: I'm going to have to get more than one in. you got to step it up. All right. So the first one – I don't have any of the reviews pulled up. I apologize. I will do that next time. Uh, I will say this. Uh, the first entrant into – or the second entrant now – into the uh, danger zone fantasy league a fellow by the name of David David Roseboro uh, he left a review it was five stars good for you that's great <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish I could I wish I could pump it up more you guys pumped up your guys so m- I should have gone first
2: I, I was giving you that option
1: I should have gone for I didn't realize I apologize you guys are so much more prepared than me it's okay, it's uh, okay. the second one goes to a guy by the name of Clark Schuyler. Griswold? Clark Schuyler uh, at c s or c s c h u y l e r nine three five. He has been a consistent and regular contributor to the Fantasy Live show. Uh, we've featured his tweets many times on that helps no one, uh, and he left a great review as well. I promise you. Again, I don't have it pulled up, but I promise you it was good. <laughs> uh but he has been a a danger zone uh fanatic he's been a that helps no one fanatic and he's been a he's been part of the fantasy live program for many years now and uh and both adam rank and i are happy to welcome in clark skyler into the danger zone fantasy league danger zone Beautiful. all right danger zone that's good stuff uh <laughs> should we do uh daily daps to get out of here that's good where are you doing it wait do- what,
6: do- what? What? Were you going to do two? He That's did it. Did I two. did two. Oh, you did two? Thanks, thanks for paying attention. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> David
1: Rossborough and Clark <laughs> Schuyler. My,
6: my bad. My bad.
1: Welcome to the league.
2: Sorry. <laughs> all right. Let's do daily dabs and get out of here. Extra, extra, read
3: all about it. This is the day. Dabs and hooks. Give me dabs because I will be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up dabs about all dabs.
1: Dabs <laughs> All right, Daily Dap time. We shall start with the WizKid from Wisconsin. Alex Yalhar, give me a Daily Dap. Uh,
2: well, I know that there was a lot of turmoil around this event happening, and uh, it's the organization is rather corrupt that runs it, but I'm having a lot of fun watching the Olympics. Uh, like Saturday morning, I was having my coffee, and oh, sure. uh, it was archery was on, yeah. and ping pong was on, yeah, and I was having this discussion with my friend yesterday. We went to see the Galaxy game, and I was like, You know, the the archery guys and guys might not look like what you think of when you're, like, an athlete. Like, if you put them next to, uh, like, LeBron James or something. But, my God, are these guys doing, like, otherworldly things. You watch archery and you're like, oh, so what? They're shooting a bow. And then they explain that they're basically standing on the 24-yard line and shooting it into the end zone. Yeah. And they're hitting a target that's, like, half the size of your cell phone, like, every time. Every time. You're like, oh, I would have a 0% chance of it. You could give me a 1,000 shots with a bow from that far and I might hit it once. And then the ping pong guys are crazy, and I was watching like some cycling. And ping pong's the best. Ping pong. I don't have table any tennis. Idea, gentlemen. Crazy. Whatever. Table tennis. Whatever. Sorry, but like the same thing. Like we, I could play somebody to a thousand, and I don't know if I'd score a point against them in ping pong. One it of those pros. Amazing. They're good.
1: They're so. It's it's they, so fun to watch. But, and man. they so, like, stand
6: like fifty feet behind. Yeah. Like,
2: so like daily daps to all the Olympians too, because they work so hard, sure. and I wish that that organization was run better and, and treated them better. But like. They're doing a great thing for their country, and, you know, it's the achievement of a life goal. So,
1: Daily Daps to all of them. Nice. Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh,
5: I want to Daily Daps, uh, a band that I am a fan I've been a fan for a few years, but uh, the Tijuana Panthers, who uh, just recently put out a new EP called Ghost Food. You can find it on Bandcamp. And uh, also went out to go see them on Saturday night, which I guess this kind of serves as a double dap, if you will. Um, If you are a fan, if you were in Los Angeles, and you were a fan of small venues, I highly recommend the Terragram Ballroom just west of downtown Los Angeles. Relatively new. I think it's only been open uh, maybe a year and a half, two years at the absolute most. Seen a couple of shows there. Been fantastic. But the Panthers were there on Saturday. Did a phenomenal show. Just a lot, a lot of fun. Kind of uh, think like a indie garage surf punk rock band, something like that. Uh, you know, uh, Beach Boys with Attitude, if you will. Beach Boys with Attitude. Um, All right. But it's uh, just, uh, you know, three guys from Long Beach who've been doing this for a little bit, uh, and it's uh, a really good show. So go look them up on Spotify, Tijuana Panthers, uh, and uh, check them out when they come to your town. They do tour quite a bit, so they may come to your town. So keep an eye out for them. Nice.
1: The Bearded. Uh, magician of fantasy (laughs) i'm trying to come up with different bearded names
6: just call me franchise (laughs)
1: he already has a nickname franchise Uh, just uh, hit me with the daily
6: all right my daily dap is also music related Uh, i've i've dapped spotify a million times before because they just keep coming out with cool stuff they had that running thing then they had the discovery weekly playlist which is a hit and everyone loves they just released this new thing last week called new release radar okay Ooh. Where it's similar to your Discover Weekly playlist, but it's focused on the new music out that week. And I just clicked it to like check it out to see what it recommended for me. And I'd already had like five songs in that playlist saved to my favorites already. So they're on point with that. And uh, Spotify just keeps impressing me. So check out if you have Spotify, check out your new release radar. You might be surprised. All right. There you go. Matt Harmon, what's
1: up?
3: Oh, I didn't even know about this release radar thing.
5: <laughs> yeah, he's busy scrolling around on Spotify yeah, right kidding.
3: now. Oh
1: man, I like all these bands.
3: That's on- right. See, That's they right. know what they're doing. Oh, this is good stuff. Yeah. Okay, I got, I got two. Uh, one first one, real quick. Uh, Gellhaar and I humblebrag won our beer Olympics on yes. Friday. Yes. All right, so Daps to our two teammates, Casey and Brian, for uh, for for lifting the nation of it, Germany up to, it to t- victory. Total
2: domination. We took first place in three of the oh, four events. Oh, it was it was
3: it was filthy. By the end of it, we were just we were just money money. <laughs> so Daps to our two teammates for helping us win, and uh, Daps to everybody else for coming out. We All mean, right, there you go. Stink. And uh, <laughs> the last one, <laughs> last Jeez. the last Dap I have is a great article that uh, I was I read this week. Um, so I was—we talked about Run for Johnny earlier. We were tweeting back and forth about Stranger Things, which I finished this weekend, and he was noting that I heard it's so good. Yeah, it's really so it's, good. It's really really good. Uh, he, he, even though all the pop culture references fly right over my head, um, uh, because, <laughs> because I'm young, surprising no one. Yeah, but anyways, uh, so like the one of the main one of the characters in there, Steve. Everybody's tweeting Steve. 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 Yeah, Steve. Yeah. Steve, yeah. Steve. Steve looks just like John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. He really does. It's and I had been thinking it, and when I saw he tweeted, I was like, "Oh my god, yes, it's so true." And then Sorry. somebody who follows us tweeted me the link to this article outlining this entire theory about how Steve is actually John Ralphio's <laughs> real father. Wow! And I read it and it was just like my jaw dropped. It was so hilarious. So if you've watched both shows, definitely go on Google and just Google S- Steve, you know, Stranger Things, John Ralphio, it should pop right up. It's on Uproxx or whatever. So it was hilarious. So
2: it, it says he's his father and not John Ralphio himself? Cause like- no, it's
5: his real father. Cause- <laughs> oh yeah, no, because he would have been, oh, he, was, yeah. right. he was a high school student in the early 80s. Oh, so- okay. okay. Oh, the
3: depth that it goes into about like how, you know, John Ralphio is, it, you know, he's clouded from his past. We don't really know anything about him, but also it's pretty clear that he, comes from money, and Steve was, like, the only one with a nice house. It's crazy. It's, it's <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Go read. It's really funny. All
1: right. How about this? Uh, I will give a daily dap to uh, Ichiro Suzuki. Yes. Uh, 3,000 hits. Good for him. Woo! Uh, I will <clears> – <throat> more than anything, I really just wanted to get this off my chest because it's an anti-dap to the ESPN anchor who said, hey, 15 years in this country, and Ichiro uh, has not learned English. Which is untrue. Which is untrue. But, my, th- but the point is this. Uh, as an Asian American, all right? Like it like why does that even matter? Like e- even if he didn't, I know it's not true because Ichiro can't speak English, but even if he, even if he couldn't, who cares? Why are we even bringing this up? Like when you bring it up in that way, the the the, the overall sentiment that you're making is that somehow Ichiro is not a good u s. citizen or he is not some kind of uh, that's not what you want. From your athlete, that he should learn this language because he's been here. That is so. Re- I got so heated about that because, listen, my parents have been here for 36 years. They struggle mightily with this
5: language. It's so
1: different and foreign to them.
5: Obviously,
2: it's also a terrible language. Yeah, like, it's hard. It, it's one of the it, most it, confusing to learn. It is
5: nonsensical.
2: And to, it's to, like and listen, there, there, and there. Like it, we could it, go
5: on and on and it on. It makes no sense.
1: And like so, my parents struggle with this language after 36 years. Are they less than somehow? Are they bad people somehow? Are they? I don't understand. Like, I don't get why there is even a conversation as to whether or not this dude can speak English. It's just, to me, I don't get it, man. And and, and, it, and it's like if an American player was playing in the Chinese League. I'm Korean American, by the way. But if he's playing in the Chinese League, all right, like, is he somehow a bad guy, a bad person if he doesn't pick up Chinese? This doesn't make sense to me. Why are we even writing about this? And I got so fired up and I got so heated about it. Um, that I went on this crazy Twitter rant. And I never do that, by the way. I never do it
5: that. It was a good Twitter it rant, It was a good though. Twitter rant, yeah. But you
2: man. fired off that first one with one slash question mark, right. and I was like, <laughs>
5: we were, I was uh, like reaching for popcorn again, sh- like, yes. The, sh- the, strong, <laughs> the stronghold was locked in, and we saw the one slash question mark, like, here we go.
1: I didn't know how many I was going to fire off. I think I fired <laughs> off like five, I think like or, five six. or six. But yeah. whatever, man. I just got so heated about it. And, like, you know what? anti DAP to anybody who feels like if you move into this country – and you don't know the language after a decade plus, that somehow there's something wrong with you. That's just not the case, man. Silly. Especially, hey, listen, especially because this guy's here playing baseball. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, Like, I don't yeah. get it. Like, if he's a dope baseball player, that should be enough. That should be enough. I get it. If he can't speak the uh, English language and he's trying to be a businessman...
5: That's probably an issue.
1: That's probably an issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man.
2: okay, cool. He's right? speaking with his bat, and he spoke three thousand times. <laughs> Chill. On,
6: oh, like, I love Ichiro, thought... man. He's one of my favorite players. One of my absolute favorite players, for sure. He's got
1: he's a hose like, of a what? cannon. He's like forty-two or something. Yeah, man. He's got. A, he's a great professional, uh, and he's had nothing but. You know, he's been nothing but a great professional. Classy. A, a, and a and yes, exactly, a classy representative. Yeah. Of the game of baseball. Yeah. All right, so there you go. rats over.
2: Bef- yes. It's beautiful. Before we get the music, don't forget, sign up today to play NFL.com
1: slash fantasy. Yes, NFL.com slash draft kit. Draft uh, kit. By the way, the show, NFL Fantasy Live, will return to the internets uh, next week. Oh, NFL.com. Oh, yeah. Webisodes. Uh, the webisodes. We will have webisodes for a couple of weeks before we finally return. Uh, back to Reed, NFL
2: Network. Read Harman's Blowtorching of Todd Gurley oh, yes. at NFL.com harmon <laughs> yes. Uh Like us on Facebook. And don't forget, to, if you want to get in one of the fan links, lots of positions still open. Absolutely. Like, Tons. Like, 20-some. Some odd. 30 yeah, maybe. Absolutely. I don't know. A lot. A lot. But rate and review the podcast on iTunes, your podcast app, whatever. Uh, take a screenshot. Send it to me. We'll read the reviews anyways, but the screenshot just helps – helps us sift through the noise a little bit. You so. need to
1: subscribe, you need to rate, and review. Those are the three things you need to do. And, again, we don't care if it's positive, if it's negative, if it's funny. That's what we care right. about. Subscribe, rate, and review today, the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. All right. For the Whiskey from Wisconsin, for the franchise, for MG Mike am Marcus Grant, and for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We're out.